right, welcome into episode two of season three of Five Dollar Tuesdays. We are back. Today, we're going to be reviewing The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. This is obviously the, the Nick Cage banger for the spring slash summer. Um, I'm, I'm excited to get into this one. I, I, I think it, um, people who have seen it, I think, I think there, there's a lot of interesting conversation to be had, but before we, you know, dive into the review head first, I'm joined by Skylar, obviously. Uh, how's it going, man? Hey. Uh, hey. Skylar is sipping loudly from his can of what looks like Dr. Pepper cream soda. That is a great guess. It is Winco, <laughs> Winco brand cranberry raspberry sparkling water, zero calories. Got it. So pretty good. Yeah, I I, I just saw the red and what looked like a cream stripe, but nope, just cranberry <laughs> raspberry from Winco. Well, any and, and and honestly, the people who are around me the most know that I am a Dr Pepper addict. And so I'm trying as much as I can to, you know, wean myself off. But I was thinking, have you ever had Hanson's soda before? Hanson's soda. Or heard of Hanson's the brand, not the flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> Hanson mm, brand. Hanson's uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, I, I have like a fuzzy memory of, seeing it on like the shelf at the general store at Cracker Barrel, but I might just be making that up. Uh, it, do they, do, real quick, do they have Cracker Barrel in North Carolina? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it was invented. Is it, is it more of a, is it more of a Black Bear? Do they have Black Bear Diner on there? No, that, uh, that is a West, uh, Intermountain West thing for sure. Ah, okay, okay. Because we definitely have Cracker Barrel, and Cracker Barrel's been here much longer than Black Bear Diner. Mm. Um, and I'm guessing it's much older than Black Bear Diner in general. But I, uh, I grew up going to growing up going to Cracker Barrel, and it's funny because I used to think that Cracker Barrel was the absolute best thing on the planet Earth. Yep, and. I love my wife so much. She has, <laughs> she uh -oh. has, she has turned me against any kind of chain. What Ch chain restaurants? I've well, and it's it's not even a hurt. Like I'm not even saying this in a negative way. I'm right. saying my attitude has changed about chains, and so and part part of it is like, yeah, I'll say, hey, we should go go to Cracker Barrel, and and then I remember that it's a chain, and then we just. I kind of get sad and decide we're not going to go. So, so like she won't, uh, you, you won't even eat at, at Cracker Barrel's strictly based on the fact that it's a chain. Um, I would say there's two things. So first of all, the chain. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would say that combined with we love trying new places. Okay. And so since I've been, I had gone to Cracker Barrel a bunch growing up. Grace has never been, but because I had been so much growing up, um, it's kind of just on this like uh, do not touch list. 
but um, I think she's got to try it, right? I, I feel like you're, you're robbing yourself of one of life's simple pleasures if you don't go to a Cracker Barrel, obviously without a reservation, on a Saturday <laughs> night. You get there. They tell you that it's going to be a 15 to 20 minute wait. Yep. You look around the country store for a little mm-hmm. bit. You're reminded of candies that you haven't had in years. And then if the wait gets particularly long, you go out onto the porch and sit on a rocking chair and wonder to yourself, am I about to pay $189 for a rocking chair? <laughs> uh, yes, that, that sounds like an ideal Saturday night or Friday night. Um, did, what's the name of the peg game that's at, at the tables? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I, it, it's probably just called Peg Game. I don't know. That might be <laughs> racy. It's, maybe it's Pegu. Um, tricky Triangle Game. Is that it? I I mean, so I I just typed in Peg Game Cracker Barrel. There there there's probably a brand or you know whatever called the Tricky Triangle, but. A, at crackerbarrel.com you can just buy the peg game those little golf tees were so disgusting like (laughs) you know those things weren't getting sanitized it it literally has never dawned on me until now how (laughs) how many hundreds of grubby little fingers have been have been pulling that off letting them roll onto the ground sticking them in places they shouldn't be (laughs) i mean Part of uh, uh, part of it is is like, I I we we just grew up in like a less like health conscious time I guess. Um, I I remember going to the local Burger King, which is a mm-hmm. chain, which is a which is a chain in case you weren't in case you weren't aware. Um, wow, and so even fast food is no. Okay, I, okay fast food's a little different because yeah, if we're if we're sitting down somewhere. I, I, I get it. I yeah, get you, it. Get it, you get it. Um, but I remember going to the Burger King close to my home and it had a tiny little play, playground and um, it was just a slide with a uh, like a rope fenced area or uh, twine or something that was wrapped around the ball pit and just tons of balls. And there was inevitably poop in there. Like I'd say every other time we'd go in, it was being cleaned because some kid pooped or peed in the ball pit, but we would get, I mean, if it was, if it was open, we just assumed it was, you know, good to go. And then we'd play in there and come out and eat with our, without washing our hands. It's disgusting. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's always really alarming to me the amount of dirt that can get under little kids fingernails oh. and I, I i just feel like you I, I don't know like their fingers are so little yeah and they're and, and like they're so i don't know soft and sensitive like you, you can't really scrub up under there so it's like all right i guess we just got to wait for these nails to grow out so i can clip them <laughs> to get all that stuff and by then inevitably there's more stuff it's disgusting yeah. Um, but I, I would, yeah, I would, com- I mean, I, I doubt that those peg, the, the golf tees and the peg triangle tricky game, whatever, were ever sanitized. Maybe they were once a week. Um, they probably just didn't think of it, which is, I mean, if there's not poop on them, 
back yeah. then you don't really care but i think that is one super positive change that has come from covid is more being aware of touching things and touching your face and yeah touching things and then having other people touch that surface that that was definitely my least favorite phase of the pandemic well okay my least favorite phase was like lockdown and uncertain death but <laughs> like you know be, yeah my, 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 my least favorite garden variety inconvenience of the pandemic was when they said like basically you can get it by touching your face so learn to stop touching your face and I became aware of how often I touch my face yeah for anything and everything just often. randomly shoving your fingers in your mouth too at least that's my problem <laughs> It, it, I'm, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a toddler. It's how I experience the world. <laughs> we, we went to the park the other day. This is just a random side thought. And there were some pigeons eating some leftover lunch that someone had left. And Graham, Graham had wandered over there and started eating Cheetos next to the pigeons. <laughs> uh, and I mean, one only one got into his mouth, fortunately, but it still is just disgusting. The cheeto or the pigeon? The oh, the honestly, if the if the pigeon would have permitted it, Graham would have put that thing in its mouth. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely just a cheeto. I, uh, I I'm I'm trying to remember the video. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that there was something similar. Uh, it it, it was it was like a toddler. Uh, I, I think they were like on the beach or something and there were these seagulls that um, that were eating, you know, trash bits of bread or whatever. And th this toddler just grabbed a seagull with both <laughs> hands and then pulled whatever it was eating out of its mouth and tried to eat it. And the parents were like, no, no, stop. Um, kids are fearless, man. They're fearless and pigeons are disgusting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad Graham made it out. He, he made it. Uh, assuming he did. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. We're good. He's, just, he's, he is finally with, without napping once today, he is finally down for the night. Whew. Yeah. The extra miler. <laughs> um, Should we get back awesome. on movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We talked about, I mean, we talked about chains for a bit. I don't know where we were going with that. Um, Cracker you, Barrel, you, something. I don't know. No, no, no. That soda. Uh, oh, Myers yes. Hanson's. Hanson's soda. Um, yeah. Hanson's. So they have a, like a blackberry or a, a black cherry vanilla, something or other that is just delicious. I would highly mm. recommend you try it. They, they use no artificial sugars, which is makes the soda that much tastier certainly yeah but anyway I, I i looked up the like branding and that is absolutely available for sale on shelves at, at cracker barrel i i, <laughs> I recognize the logo <laughs> okay well yeah we've been having some hard times finding it recently so we will uh maybe swing by our local crackle cracker barrel i i kid you not i'm meeting family friends for lunch tomorrow at Cracker Barrel. So I will text you and let you know if if there is Hanson soda on the shelves. And 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 if so, that can be an excuse to get Grace in the door. 
<laughs> I like it. That is fantastic. I really hope they have some. I, I hope so too. I want to go back. I know I said <laughs> I hate chains, but I want to go back to Cracker Barrel. I, I, I love chains. I, I hate to say it. Um, I, I feel like it's, I mean, it, it, it's not like a character flaw to love chains, but I would rather be the person that tries a lot of different restaurants, but no, I love chains. What about, what about like, do you like Denny's? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I like it for what it is. <laughs> I, you go on free grand slam day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Denny's, D- Denny's, I associate heavily with like, freshman year of college and maybe like after a concert stopping by Denny's for some sort of like I don't know french fries or a, or a milkshake or something so would you would you take Denny's over IHOP um that's tough because I for no reason consider IHOP to be like a slightly classier establishment I do as well even though I don't but, know what it is. Yeah. Honestly, like, I feel like the only difference is that IHOP uses fluorescent lights and prefers to have, like, a more dim dining area. Um, but Denny's is definitely cheaper. And right. they, I, I feel like they have more on the menu, too. Yeah, I think so. I, I remember growing up, we used to go to Denny's on Christmas morning. Like that was our, that I was like, man, we were just, we must've been so, I, I didn't even want to say it. It was sad, but as a kid, you don't even care. Like it was the half going to Denny's, getting that, you know, grand slam or whatever it is, the junior yeah. slam that or a ham and eggs moons over my hammy, I think is what it's called. <laughs> is that that was fantastic and then and then we upgraded to like this like maybe 15 years later upgraded to this super fancy like the uh buffet christmas morning and it was i, I mean i'm not it's not like a like a cracker barrel or not cracker barrel gold corral <laughs> it's not like golden corral or like i mean hey let, let's not get crazy it, it, it's no cracker barrel <laughs> It's not something like Golden Corral, but it's it's a higher end yeah, yeah. Uh, buffet. No, like uh yeah. It's actually at a hotel. Um I so Taylor love like probably her favorite Christmas movie is The Santa Claus. Mm. And I every year we watch it and I'm shocked that Denny's allowed uh allowed the the movie to just like dunk on denny's basically because he he burns the turkey and so then he brings charlie to to denny's for uh for (laughs) christmas like christmas eve dinner or whatever and it's just a bunch of like sad kids and their and their parents or whatever uh you know all like there's just like the knowing nod that everyone like ruined their Christmas uh, meal for one reason or another. (laughs) And and Charlie's like, can I have some chocolate milk? And they said, we're we're out of chocolate syrup. He's like, plain milk is fine. (laughs) And I'm like, no, be 
dude, you can have whatever you want except chocolate milk. Like, be happy. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Should we should we get back to the to the movies? I, yeah. I think I'm fooded out. Yeah. No. I mean that that, that was. That it, was, it was that was nice. It was nice. I loved reminiscing yeah. about the the you know the Cracker Barrel and Christmas mornings. <laughs> and any time that you can start the day with biscuits and gravy is Ooh. a great day. And if you can do that on Christmas, I mean that's. I I will say this: I have never eaten at a restaurant. Granted, I live in Utah. Okay, I have never eaten at a restaurant that has good biscuits and gravy. Okay, I, I do mine homemade and I love mine, but I can never get a good one when I go out. Yeah, so in, in my experience, the important aspects of, of good biscuits and gravy are like quality pork and cheap biscuits. Uh, the, the, the biscuits, are merely a conduit to to getting the gravy into your mouth mm. and 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 it's important to have like a a nice fatty sausage um but the the biscuits like i, I mean I, I i guess like i enjoy pillsbury grands as much as i do anything else but basically like i think some places put too much emphasis on the biscuit and then basically just make like a roux and throw in a, a few crumbles of of sausage and that that's the, the the focus needs to be on the sausage so if i were to go let's say i went to walmart and i yeah. bought a pack of brand new sponges okay and <laughs> circular sponges and i soaked them overnight in water and then ran them through my dryer Okay. Okay. And poured biscuit and poured the gravy with the sausage over it. Would that be a good? Would like would that suffice as a, a good enough biscuit for you? I'm I'm gonna be honest. If you know to your question, <laughs> but if you took a like if 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 you made up some bisquick mix and dipped both sides of the of, of the uh sponge in in the biscuits and then cooked it on a pan quickly yes the the, the answer becomes yes but the scrubby side would probably need to be gone right or would I, you care i i i would prefer if you didn't get the the brillo brand uh <laughs> with, with the with the scrubby green pads but yeah <laughs> okay it's no yeah biscuits and gravy i'm 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 hoping for biscuits and gravy next christmas morning mm. may we all be so lucky all right um let, let, let let's just jump into it so okay let's do it we we're talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent this is a film directed by tom gormican uh, who co-wrote the screenplay with Kevin Etten. It obviously stars Nicolas Cage, uh, Pedro Pascal, Tiffany Haddish, Ike Barinholtz, Neil Patrick Harris has, uh, like, I guess kind of a double cameo 
I mean, he, he, he's in it, but right. I, I don't know. It, it's just above a cameo. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I like, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to explain it. So I'm just going to read the little uh, blurb unfulfilled and facing financial ruin actor Nick Cage accepts a $1 million offer to attend a wealthy fan's birthday party. Things take a wild, wildly unexpected turn when a CIA operative recruits Cage for an unusual mission. Taking on the role of a lifetime, he soon soon finds himself channeling his most iconic and beloved characters to save himself and his loved ones. Um, So I I guess maybe quickly we can just kind of give our, I don't know, 10,000 foot review uh skylar what what'd you think of the movie and then if you have a score out of 100 what'd you give it um loved the movie i absolutely loved it i thought it was so uh fun would probably be the best word i could say to describe it it was extremely fun um not very cerebral which was a nice uh a nice break and i i loved seeing nicholas cage poke fun at himself a little bit um he seems like a pretty real dude uh, just from the fact that he's stars in this movie. That's about his, a, a lot of it is uh, some people think he's an amazing actor and other people realize how ridiculous he can be sometimes. Uh, but he seems like a cool guy. Um, I think Pedro Pascal was phenomenal. And he might be the most, like, he's got to be one of the most popular actors in the world right now, I would, I would think. Like, he, he's just, he's blossoming. Like, he's just, he's phenomenal. Um, score, I would say, out of 10 stars, I gave it an 8. Um, so, pretty high, but I... Um, I, like I said, thought it was very fun. I, I actually went and saw it without Grace, uh, just by myself. And I haven't been to a movie in so long where I found myself laughing out loud alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was so, it was great. It was, it was just such a good time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, like fun is the, is the best word to describe this movie. I'm not even like the biggest Nicolas Cage fan. I mean, I, I, I respect him as an actor and I like his, you know, quirky persona. Um, but like, I, I haven't seen every Nick Cage movie or, or even like all of his, you know, foundational roles. That being said, I, I, I felt like they did a good job of, um, rewarding the people who know Nick Cage's catalog back and forth without alienating the people who, you know, haven't gone back and seen all, all of his star making movies. Um, I too thought like, I, I guess my biggest complaint about the movie um, was Nick Cage wasn't the brightest star uh like this is a pedro pascal film before it's a nick cage film and i i I think some of that comes down to the writing but a lot of that just came down to how how brilliant uh pedro pascal was i i thought he was so just 
he was he was instantly likable, uh, so genuine, and it it makes it made me wish that I could, you know, become fast friends with a stranger that the way that uh, Javi, his character, and and Nick Cage did in the movie because it just it it seemed like a ton of fun. Um, I we, we we can talk about this in a little bit. There there were some story elements that I think. Uh, dragged the dragged the movie down a little bit but overall really really fun um definitely worth a watch i'd, I'd give it probably an 84 85 okay uh go, go ahead oh i was just i was just gonna say um <laughs> there were there were so so many good lines like when you were reading the that little blurb the i don't know the plot blurb or whatever that was yeah. in the beginning um it, it's funny because i i've seen quite a few nicholas cage movies but i i i wonder how many um i, I was trying to think back I, I, I couldn't really pinpoint any like direct references to movies and mm-hmm. so i'm i'm semi-interested in watching like maybe a behind the scenes um uh, of of some of the stuff just to uh, get a better idea of like oh yeah this is from this movie or or, any, or, or what, whatever with that but um i i do think that nicholas cage uh is like a he's not a bad actor um but yeah just he, and and maybe I, I i don't know as well like how much of what he says um he's in like a therapy session in one of the scenes with his with his daughter and he talks to the therapist about how acting is is like a job um like instead of viewing it as a career like he's you know paying the bills with it and trying to support his family with it and um so I, I think he has in the past won an academy award um for a role but I think in large part I wonder how much of what he said in that scene is is his actual feelings where he's like I don't really care um too much about what people say or think about me I just want the work kind of thing um so yeah I thought it's 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 interesting I I would really like to see a little bit more uh into the making of it um and maybe even watch some interviews with Nicolas Cage about just his attitudes about acting and um because I hadn't I don't think I've seen anything with him in it for quite a while but uh yeah, I thought you were you were spot on with Pedro Pascal's character being the more uh, the the bigger star of the two, and I, I just loved how he's this mega super fan. Um, one of the scenes that just really cracked me up was towards the end uh, after Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal had they had um, what's his character? Hobbies his character's name. Mm-hmm. Um, after they had swapped shoes and they're like trying to run back to the Jeep. Uh, and uh, Javi says, even with those shoes on that don't support your ankles, I still know you're a faster runner than me. And <laughs> because of the behind the scenes of uh, the making of National Treasure. And, he said, and Nick Cage is like, that was my, uh, that was my stunt double. And he's, he's like, not according to the, 
according to like the behind the scenes, you didn't have a stunt double or something. Right. Like he's just like, so his not like, you think he's just like this admirer. And then you find out he's this insanely mega super fan to Nick Cage. So I, I, I loved it. I thought um, it, it's, it's kind of fun to see Javi's character, like involved in um, this underground crime world. Uh, maybe not, may, maybe not even out of his own desire to be, but also like he's just this mega movie fan. Yeah, I, I like like you mentioned, uh, just <laughs> Javi having this encyclopedic knowledge of um, of of Nick Cage, and at the beginning, like his his desire just to be near and around him. Uh, there, there's the scene where he uh, Nick Nick Cage is just kind of. Um, sulking by the pool you know kind of wait waiting for the wait waiting for the party to come and go uh wait waiting for the million dollars to clear and javi's trying to chat him up nick being just very i don't know fatigued with the whole uh with the whole thing just dives into the pool and and starts floating to the bottom and next thing you know you see uh javi just dive head first in grab him and, and pull him up out of the water trying to save him so uh, yeah i i i i really liked the um the tension between javi this guy who's just like so without guile easy to like uh you know e easy to love the the budding friendship that he and that, that he and nick cage have and then the um the I, I don't know conflict like the conflicting feelings you have knowing that he is the head of this criminal underworld and and so i guess my, my first question is did you did you like the head fake where uh where it was actually the bleached blonde hair, fruity, the, 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 the Fruit Loop guy, like he's the one who's kind of behind everything. Uh, yeah, I, I did like it because I, the, I loved, I just absolutely loved that Nick Cage was like, uh, when, when talking to, I can't remember the actor's name. He's, he's the one from uh, uh, Mindy's show. I is it from Mindy's show? The one that Mindy Calling did on her, her first, the Mindy Project, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm oh, talking uh, about? Yeah, Ike Barinholtz. Yes, uh, he's this, a CIA uh, agent yeah. in that. Um, he, he is just hilarious, but maybe not so in, in this movie as much, but um, <laughs> but uh, there, he's just, there's a scene where he's chatting with Nick Cage over the phone and, and, and Nick swears by like his, his thespian uh oh, like set like yeah. sense <laughs> like just from he, he's like so you mean to tell me that your nick cage's acting uh abilities outdo like 13 years of of intel that the cia has on on javi that that we're wrong and uh you know nick he, he starts to maybe question that a little bit and so yeah. to, to find out that he was wrong and he, he even uh, reiterates that point um, that he, he's got to trust his, I don't remember the exact wording, but like his thespian training or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I, I, it, 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 it was a, a pleasant surprise because 
like you said, Javi's such a lovable character that you don't want to see him be, uh, become like this. I don't know. It, the story would have taken a drastic turn if that had happened. But the scene where both he and Nick go out, um, you know, to the cliffs to like basically kill each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, neither of them can do it is just, I mean, they're just the, the best of friends. It's, it's, it, it was great. I, I, I really did like the, the twist there. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they did it that way instead of having Javi be the villain. Yeah. I, I, I liked it too. And I, th- I think it, like it it drove a lot of the tension of the movie which which was which was useful um although i guess this would have been a fun movie too if it was just nick cage not wanting to go to this thing (laughs) and then it turns out that they just bro out the whole movie but you know (laughs) i i i I guess at that point it it would have been hard to like know where to wrap it up so you know it, it it helped drive the plot uh but it also allowed viewers like us who, you know, we, we, we both really liked him to not have to, like, we, we could have our cake and eat it too. Uh, there, there, there was the tension, but he also kind of got, um, he, he got, uh, I, I, I don't know, like there, there, there was a scapegoat, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We, we, we can put our icky feelings toward toward someone else uh right. and and pedro pascal is apparently allowed to attend the movie premiere uh at the end <laughs> so like a- another another element that kind of drove the plot was this idea of um like the cia operatives and and nick cage extending his trip so that he could work for the CIA to try and find the, the girl that got kidnapped and everything. And, and, and I'm just wondering, like, was, was that subplot even necessary? Like the, like Nick Cage being contacted by the CIA. Um, I, I, I really feel like, even though I love Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz and like, you know, I'm, I'm happy when they get work, were those characters even necessary or could they have made this movie in a way where Nick Cage, you know, realizes that, 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 that Javi is this kingpin or that, or that they have some young woman hostage. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just felt like that made the movie a little too unwieldy and was taking it like beyond the, the pale of believability. No, I, I definitely think they could have, could have made like made some adjustments to where um those yeah that part of the plot wasn't included you know it's funny because uh the the two both tiffany haddish and you say ike barinholtz is his name yep um they are both hilarious and they were just that was not their like I, i didn't get any i didn't even remember thinking one scene was funny really um uh, that couldn't have been done by a non-comedian you know so i i think even beyond like what you're saying where yes i think they could have done without that part of the plot but i even thought the casting was just kind of odd where you have two really funny people that just aren't in a role that's in roles that are fitting to them um yeah like the the only funny scene that i can think of 
uh, like like one one that at least got a laugh was when uh, Nick was in the like security room and he he so, so someone's coming up so he puts like the, the 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 poison adhesive on his hand and then accidentally wipes his brow so he's yes. now poisoned. It, you know he he gets into the uh, to the room or what you know all, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but even then. Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz, they're not being funny themselves. They're yeah. a foil to Nick Cage. Yeah. And so like they're, they're setting him up to be funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I hadn't even really considered that they were kind of miscast for those roles, but, but again, I, I just, the, the, the fact that there are two dead federal agents at the end uh, just leaves some things to uh, be, <laughs> to, to be desired uh, yeah, in, in terms of like believability. Uh, and if, if you heard that, that was uh, Yuffie, our robot vacuum who wanted to come say hi, uh, who I had to turn off. Yuffie, uh, is that its name? Yuffie, uh, E-U, oh, you know what? That That's its name, but that's also the brand. Oh. Uh, so I, I guess they just got a free ad, but. Did, did you name, did you, like, there's no. Oh, we, we, we just, we call it the brand. Oh. Uh, so like. Has, we, has there been any desire to name it? Um, <laughs> as, as soon as I realized on the podcast that I was just shilling a brand name for free, I kind of wish that we had named it something different. But to this point, Yuffie, like to us, that's just become the name. Yeah, honestly. You know? And Yuffie's not a bad name. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. So anyway, I, um, I don't know. I, and, and, and I guess, I guess my feelings about like having the CIA operatives leads me to kind of my other big question or, or, you know, point about the movie. And that is we, we have a very like believable grounded story at the beginning. Um, Nick Cage, struggling actor trying to get some work you know seems like hollywood may have kind of passed him by he's getting bitter this and that blah 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 gets a gig basically just like you know a a a corporate thing hey we'll give you a lot of money to do something you don't want to do and then he starts um getting involved in in this fantastical world and like things keep getting crazier and crazier and crazier to the point where Nick Cage is dressing up like the kingpin and, you know, trying to save the person. And uh, like Javi pulls out the golden guns and just everything. Right. And and then they escape. And, and at the very end, like the, the absolute climax, they, they have now driven the car into the U S embassy. So they're, they're on U S soil. The kingpin comes and follows them. The daughter throws the knife. Nick Cage, you know, plunges it into the chest of uh, of the kingpin, and then we go back to the family to see that the wife is now Demi Moore. Uh, the, the 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 daughter is some other girl, and says like, "I love you, Daddy." And and they're at the premiere. So I, I'm just wondering, like, at what point does the movie that we're watching become the movie that they were making? And you know, like how. I, I, I don't know. It, 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 
it became like one level too self-aware for me to really know what's fact and what's fiction. No, that, I honestly, yeah, I, I really hadn't put, uh, I, I kind of, the way I was thinking of it was more um, that everything that that we did see was in the movie, but it also actually happened. But now that you mention it, um, like just just the fact of you know what the acting daughter says to Nick Cage in the movie um, is totally unrealistic from what his daughter would actually say. And so, yeah, no, I think that does make you really think, like how much of it was fabricated and where, you know, where, yeah, where did the movie actually start compared to what actually happened? Um, And a lot of, a lot of Nick Cage and Javi's journey is like, at least early on is founded in like, you know, trip, tripping on LSD or whatever. (laughs) I don't know what it was um and you know them having some wild adventures driving through uh these beautiful villages in spain so who knows how much of it was imagined um and just portrayed you know actually didn't happen but happened because of what they experienced on whatever drug they were on so yeah there's there's a whole bunch of stuff to consider um but i'd say that aside like the laughs, they came regardless of, of what reality we were in, uh, you know, movie or Nick Cage's reality. So, yeah, no, well, well put. Um, I, I, so you you mentioned one of one one of my favorite scenes was just them like <laughs> tripping on acid or or LSD or you know what what whatever it was, and uh, you know they're 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 just cruising through town. <laughs> They, they, they see like a pair of old men and they're like, wait a minute. What, 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 what if they're agents in our movie? And they're like, wait a minute. Th- those are actually agents. They're, they're out to get us. And they're like running away. And then they, they see another pair of old men who like vaguely resemble them. They're like, wait, they're following us now. And it, it was, it was, it was really good. And then it, it, it climaxed with that scene. Um, uh, on the wall where yes uh you yes. know javi javi boosts nick cage up and they they spoiled that in the trailer but it was still a good laugh in the theater uh right. which which is good and then i also wanted to point out my favorite gag like in this movie and even in recent memory was paddington 2 <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> such a good gag They're, you know um so javi's asking or excuse me nick cage is act, asking javi about his favorite movies um I, i'm i'm pretty sure he says like one, one of nick cage's movies in his top three uh the cabinet of dr caligari which is a very uh heady you know like cinephile type movie and then it's one of nick cage's favorites in the right right yeah yeah. um and 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 then you know he's like my third one i i fear you will judge me and it's like come on let's hear it paddington too and and then to to bring it around in the end with 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 nick watching 
movie with family was very sweet, but but again, just a, a really solid gag. Have you seen maybe, that? Maybe, maybe we. I haven't, but I have heard so much hype about it. My my thing is like, I want to watch Paddington too, but I don't want to do it until I've seen Paddington. Yes. <laughs> just, just just so I can be up to date on all the lore. But <laughs> I think so much lore. <laughs> Paddington verse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I I have a I have a laundry list of movies that I want to watch, but simply will not sit down and watch. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I, I love the Paddington uh, Paddington reference was great. Um, yeah. Uh, another scene that just uh, I, I got a real kick out of was the, the acid scene again. Um, when they're leaving, though, um, and Javi climbs in the passenger seat and says, Nick, you need to drive the car. And Nick's like, I yes. cannot drive the car. <laughs> yes. And he goes, but I saw you did all of the all of the driving scenes in Gone in 60 Seconds. And he goes, I did do that. And so he gets in the car and you think it's just going to be this amazing thing. And he smashes into everything <laughs> possible. And it's this beautiful car that, I mean, is insanely expensive, I can imagine, and smashes into a wall and all of these bikes or motorcycles. He just crashes into everything possible. It was, it was a great scene. Yeah. No, it was, it, it was excellent. Um, I, th- there, there's one final thing that I want to talk about. Yeah. And it's something that I, I'm honestly surprised that this wasn't in the trailer. And that is Nick Cage talking with his younger self, Nikki Cage. Yeah. Um, and, and especially that scene where oh, weird. Nick, Nick is just kind of trying to like figure out what, um, like basically whether to, whether to write this movie, how to do it or whatever. And basically like, the coked up younger Nikki Cage comes and tells him like, cause you're Nick freaking Cage. And he, you know, kisses him on the mouth and he's like, that's right. Tell, tell him Nick Cage smooch is real good. And, and, and honestly, the kiss, yeah. the kiss scene was so bizarre. Uh, <laughs> it was a, lo- a lot longer than I felt comfortable with. <laughs> it, it, it 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 was a pretty long kiss, uh, <laughs> especially given the uh, g- given the circumstances. So that that outfit that he wore, um, it 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 was from like a famous interview. I'm I'm trying to find it right now, um, where he was like very uh, I don't know energetic uh like probably on cocaine uh in in the interview and i i can't remember what it oh wait on on wogan yes in 1990 nicholas cage on wogan 1990 um he he's wearing like almost that exact same outfit like the the leather jacket and everything and he like he, he he comes out to the applause and does like like a flying karate kick towards the crowd and like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just hyping him up and they're hyping him up. And anyway, it, yeah, it, 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 yeah. That, that was another, yeah. Very weird. Um, I, I mean, some of it was pretty fun. Like I, 
I'd say other than that one scene, the interactions between those two were were pretty funny. But yeah, that the, the kiss scene I thought was, was pretty bizarre. <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, my my wife was not as charmed with the scene, so she she was definitely on your side uh, of the weird funny scale. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts about the unbearable weight of massive talent? I I just want to say more people need to see this. This had a thirty million dollar budget, and according to Box Office Mojo only has made $23.9 million. Wow, it's because everyone's seeing Doctor Strange. I I guess. Well, actually, this know. came out significantly before, didn't it? So this this came out April 20, uh, April 22nd. So oh, yeah. Yeah, pe- people have had a few weeks to to see mm-hmm. it. I mean, there, there have been, honestly, it's been like this really, I mean, I'm kind of happy about it, but like, a lot of good movies have been coming out lately. So, um, yeah. uh, uh, oh, one more quick side thought. This isn't necessarily about the movie, but um, so I I bought tickets uh, the day of. So I, I, I actually saw this last night. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I saw this last night and I bought tickets. I don't know, it was yesterday morning. And uh, the theater was, was sold out other than three seats that were all together. And so I got the middle seat because I didn't want to sit in the <laughs> And um, when I showed up, I was the last person to show up. I was like a few minutes late. The trailers were rolling. But the theater had moved my seat because a couple had bought tickets. <laughs> and so I, they moved my seat over one. So I was sitting in between two couples. <laughs> and I just plopped down with my large popcorn, watched this movie and laughed. And then right when the credits started rolling, I booked it out of there as quick as I could. Um, so I, I, I never do this. My, my, my wife and I saw this together. I, I actually had to like go back and kind of remind myself cause I, I, I saw it a little while ago, but, um, we never do this. We we're, we're always to the theater on time. We were late. Like we missed like the first five minutes of the movie. Okay. And I, I swear to you, I didn't plan this we were late because of how long it took us to eat at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. You got caught up in that tricky triangle. We were, <laughs> it's like, babe, we got to go. We got to move. I'm like, no, I'm not an ignoramus. I can do this. I, so we, we were out of town um, and wa- wanted to see the movie. We're looking for places to eat. Um, you know, when, when we travel, we, we tend to definitely lean more, more chain restaurants just cause we, we know what we're getting, but yeah. anyway, um, that, that's not always true. Anyway, anyway, um, for one reason or another, we pick Cracker Barrel, uh, you know, they, they tell us, Hey, it'll be a 15 minute wait. We're already kind of like a, a, a little bit short on time but we're like hey there's like 25 minutes of trailers we'll walk in right when nicole kidman is doing her amc ad um do you anyway uh but everything took forever so like when the wait when the waitress came for the first time asking for our drinks we're like hi we'd like to put our order in right now you know go ahead she gives us the food we're like and we'll take the check whenever you're ready scarf down the meal we we go in 
and I I had to like Google what what just that that first scene was like the the abduction scene because when yeah. we got in that abduction um, scene scene is kind of shocking by the way I. I don't know. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was actually going to bring it up, but good thing I didn't. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, how did you feel about the abduction scene? I'm like, wow, it was really wow. funny. Wow, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Just a, a, a barrel of laughs. <laughs> well, that is, that's hilarious. I now, gosh, you make me want to go to Cracker Barrel again. Mm. Back, I, I, back to the Cracker okay. I don't eat at Cracker Barrel that often. It sounds like you do. I did. <laughs> I did eat at Cracker Barrel right before seeing this movie, and I am meeting family friends at Cracker Barrel tomorrow for lunch. <laughs> that is and just true. one other time this week. <laughs> yeah, but that that that's just a me time. I, I don't even tell my wife about that meal. <laughs> a little secret meal at Cracker Barrel at 3 p.m. <laughs> oh have you ever had lunch by yourself um obviously like i mean at a sit-down restaurant i don't think i when when i think about lunch by myself i'm thinking about leaving work and like eating wendy's in my car uh while (laughs) while streaming something on my phone and and like thinking to myself this isn't sad like th- th- this is okay. Th- this is actually a treat. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a treat. It is a nice treat, but I, I love, uh, I've only done it like once, but yes, a sit down restaurant in the middle of the day, man. I mean, I think people look at you kind of weird, but it is very nice. You're, you're, you're just, uh, you're, you're making eye patrons just so you can say I, I wasn't stood up or anything i plan to eat by myself or you should try it i just keep looking at my watch like oh <laughs> come on uh, <laughs> not again uh, <laughs> it's the last straw <laughs> oh man yeah okay anyway right. cracker barrel wow okay yeah. that, I, I think that maybe you know listeners they've got their cracker barrel fixed for a while Man, yeah, like I, I was mad at myself for giving a free three-second advertisement about my vacuum, <laughs> and I've spent no less than forty-five minutes this episode just singing the praises of Cracker Barrel. <laughs> oh. oh boy! All right. Well, anyway, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Check it out, if, y'all. If if you want to see this movie, you might need to act quickly because if it's not doing that well they they might start pulling from theaters so i i honestly when i i didn't make it to a five dollar tuesday i was hoping i could swing streaming it but it's not streaming anywhere interesting i this this feels like an hbo max movie for sure does all right well anyhow um I, i think that does it for our uh yeah for for that and then for next episode, I believe we said we're going to try to do uh, everything everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Okay. That, um, all right. Everything, everywhere, all at once. It is now, now in theaters. If you haven't seen it, definitely, definitely check this movie out. Um, we, it, it will be hard to talk about this movie 
or even like listen to us talking about this movie if, if you haven't seen it. It's it's very good and very worth uh, worth worth watching. So yeah. Uh, do, do you have a teaser about an upcoming episode? Uh, not the next one, but. Ooh, oh shoot, yeah. We're, we're, we're running low on time for this episode, but we were able to get an interview with um, none other than Ahmad Best, uh, Jar Jar Binks himself. And so, like I said, we're, we're running a little bit late on this episode, but we will be sure to throw that into a future episode. Um, it, it, it was it was a ton of fun. He was a great interview and had a lot of exciting things to say about his career and where he hopes uh, Star Wars will go. So may, may, maybe maybe we'll, you know, clear the schedule for, for a future episode um, and kind of just lay it all out for Star Wars. Or maybe we'll be able to sneak it in at the end of uh, everything everywhere all at once. Okay. You hear it there, folks. You be sure to listen next episode. I'm, I'm hoping it'll get in there, but um, let, 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 it might let, drop the following. Let's let's just do it. We'll we'll okay. we'll drop it. Episode three. That 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 feels like an auspicious number. Uh, we'll 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 drop it at the end of everything, everywhere, all at once. So little, definitely little be sure to tune into that. Vibes. Mm, yes. Episode three. I, I'm pretty sure he said that was actually his favorite to film. Um, fa- he Phantom. Wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> so he 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 talked about how like Phantom was obviously kind of his biggest vehicle, but by by the time that they got to um, Revenge of the Sith, even though he had a more scaled back role, he was able to kind of see more of the inner workings behind the scenes stuff. Anyway, I, I, I'm not going to spoil more of it, uh, more, more of the interview. So, yeah, be sure to check teaser. that out. That's just a little teaser. Just, just a little teaser. All right. We'll <laughs> see y'all next episode when we discuss everything, everywhere, all at once. See ya. Later.